Hi, I'm Charisma O'Keefe. And I'm Angelica Yard. And we're the heart behind the Heart and Hustle podcast. Every Wednesday, we share a new episode with our listeners on topics that range from business and creativity to leadership and innovation. We also interview some of the best and brightest in the industry and spread our love of entrepreneurship all over the internet with our hashtag, BossSoHard. We're on a mission to help you find balance in your life, creativity in your career, and dollars in your bank account. So sit back, relax, and take notes while we show you how to dream big, work hard, and repeat. Hi, welcome back. Yay! Yay. I feel like it's been a while since we recorded, but it's only just been like a week. It's literally been seven days. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long seven days for me because um, I have actually like news I'm excited about. Uh, by the time that people are listening to this, I will have launched my new project, which is called the Tiny I'm going to say, does this mean we'll buy tea towels by the time yes. this is launched? Because I'm, yes. I'm waiting. So I'll be selling um, tea towels, tea mugs, um, t- uh, totes, a few other things. And then there'll be like things rolling out to the shop over the next like few months. Um, so I'm really excited about like the things that are coming as well, but like the tea towels are completely done. They're ready to go. Um, so this is something that I actually had the idea of doing while we were in Europe. Um, and it just kind of was one of those things like I came home, like I did the designs like immediately. And then I kind of like sat on it for a minute and I was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to do this. And then Melissa was like, listen, you're not going to sit on your ideas anymore because you have all these ideas and you talk about them for like years and you just... Like, you're afraid to do them. So she's like, I'm making you do this. Because she knows not to come to me. Yeah. You know. You You know know, not to come to me. I know. I know. (laughs) You're going to be like, you do it or you don't come here anymore. (laughs) Get out of my house. Come back when it's done. (laughs) That's literally today. I was going to be like, it's about the damn towel. Yeah. So, yeah. So she has just really, like, lit a fire under my butt to get it done. So, yeah. I just, I finished it and it will be, I'm launching it tonight, actually. But by the time you guys are all listening to it, it'll be completely live. So you can go to uh, the tiny tea shop. Um, dot com or you can check us out on Instagram at Facebook on the same on the same name. Um, so I'm really really excited about it. I've been wanting to get into e-commerce for a long time. This is something that I thought about for a long time, and I didn't know exactly which route I wanted to take into it. And so I really just was completely inspired while we were there, and it just kind of led to it all finally coming together. So I'm really excited. It's just kind of like a new chapter in my entrepreneurship journey. So. Yay. And we all need new stuff. <laughs> That's it. We all need new stuff. So exactly, exactly. Spend money. Exactly. So I'm I'm really excited about it. And like, uh, if anybody knows me, I'm just like a tea enthusiast. Like, every anytime you see me with a cup of anything, it's actually never coffee. It's, it's always tea. Always tea. And I'm like, I love to bake. I do not love to cook. I think that I've mentioned that here before. It's not that I don't like to cook. It's that. I don't like to cook for myself when I'm hungry. Right. So I'll cook for like large groups of people, but I, when I'm hungry, I just want the food already. Uh, but I do love to bake because that's not something you're normally like, oh, I'm really hungry. Let me bake up like, you know, a t- plate of brownies. Unless you're David. <laughs> but yeah, so I think that they're great for baking too, because I, I always use tea towels um, to keep like things warm. Uh, but of course there's like a million uses for them and they make your kitchen super, super cute. So I'm excited about you all getting to have cute kitchens. Also, I need more mugs because I was telling um, Melissa yesterday or Sunday when I saw her, I was like, my, one of my mugs went missing and I feel like what? there's a void in Who my mug it? life. I don't know if we like, if I left it somewhere. I just, 
I love that I'm assuming that someone <sighs> broke into your house for <laughs> one mug. And it's like, it's not a mug not that anybody's bought. Like, it's not a mug you bought me. It's not a mug that she bought yeah. me. It's not a mug that my friend bought me. It's like a mug that we bought, like, for ourselves. And I'm kind of, like, really sad about it because this is, like, a pair of Y mugs from West Elm. And I'm really depressed. Oh, so now yeah. I have to get more mugs. And say, in the future, Rational. like, we're going to have a few other products. And one of them is going to be a mug holder, which I'm really excited about. Um, is that, like, a, like, stand? It's going to be the wood one that has, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. Please tell and me And the more. tops are going to be custom, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, I'm working with a really great visual artist uh, on that. I've done the designs myself, but he's better when it comes to hand painting um, anything. Right. So he, he's honestly the best I know. I, I feel like I know a lot of great, I'm surrounded by great visual artists, but he happens to be the best one. So uh, we're partnering on that, and I'm really, really excited to bring those uh, to you guys. I'm, I'm deciding if it's going to be like a fully custom listing or if I'm going to, you know, maybe make five right. at a time and list them. So I we're kind like of figuring out the logistics five at a time. of that. I feel like that. That's probably where yeah, it's and at. we'll probably we might do like a few at a time. I would literally time. drill a hole in my walls because I'm exactly. just assuming that I'm gonna buy this place at this point because we've lived here for so long. So you may as well, might as well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I feel like June is off to a good start. I'm I have to do things that keep me busy inside because summer is happening outside, and in Florida we just don't we don't go outside. Yeah, we just don't do that. Um, if you've noticed on like my social media profiles, I've been at the parks a lot less lately, and that is because it's hot. I still haven't been to like Pandora. Everybody's talking about that. And I'm like, listen, it's hot. So we might go. We've been talking about possibly going tomorrow morning for like two hours. But like that'll literally be like it'll be two hours and then coming home because I cannot with the heat. And we've been saying that like every day for like the last week. So this is also a great chance. The likelihood of it happening is is very low. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm very excited about today's guest. She is schooling us. She is the Olivia Pope of our podcast right now. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm really excited. Like I can't believe it's taken us so long to have Bobby on. She and I have been friends. She was like probably my first internet friend if I'm... (laughs) Honestly, like I'm like I'm thinking back, and I'm like she was like one of, at least one of my first like modern internet. Right, friends, you I know what I mean. mean? Like, yeah. Um, because I started following her blog like back when I started my blog, so it was like a million years ago. And hers was one of the first ones I originally started following that I still follow now. And she's one of those people that I followed for a long time, and then actually now know in person. Granted, we don't get to see each other a lot because we live on different continents. Um, but I just recently... That's a good reason. That is a good reason to not see someone. <laughs> like, it's not, you know, I would love to see her more. But I just recently saw her um, when we were in England, and she took us on a tour of Bath, uh, which was absolutely amazing. I wouldn't have gone to the city had it not been for her. I didn't know that it was, like... A thing that a people place went that I should to. go. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was probably one of my favorite parts of the trip. It was, I think that if you're going to Europe and you're looking for like that experience, that's like very like what Americans think of as Europe, Bath is where you want to go. <laughs> Bath is definitely where you want to go. And I, I did put that on the Charismatic Concepts blog, that tour that she took us on. It was beautiful. And it was great because I didn't have to plan anything. So which it just kind of showed up and just You get a guide, which is around. fantastic. Yeah, but she's always been somebody that I've admired and thought is just incredibly talented and fantastic. And um, I've hired her before. She's built uh, my website Equal and Forever. Um, so she's just really amazing. And I'm so glad that you guys are going to get to know her today. Awesome. Well, enjoy. So today in the podcast, we have a great friend of mine, Bobby. Um, we're really, really excited to have her on. We've wanted to have her really since uh, first season, but scheduling and she's super busy and awesome. So she's here today. Um, Bobby, hi. Hi. 
So we're so happy to have you on, and you are the talent behind Ready to Blog Designs, which is a branding and design firm, mostly for creative entrepreneurs, and you also have been blogging for a really long time. You're one of the first blogs that I ever followed over at uh, Today I'm Bobby. So my first question is, I want to know what point did you realize that you wanted to be a business owner, and what was that journey like to becoming one? Um, well, first of all, thank you guys so much for having me. I love the podcast, and I think what you guys are doing is great. So, um, two things. <laughs> um, so, at what point did I realize that I wanted to become a business owner? Um, I fell into this accidentally. I I had a life plan, and this was not it. Um, it it very much happened upon me, and I remember when I started ready to blog, I. I kind of made a point, and I'm, I'm not sure if I was trying to prove something to myself or to the people around me, not that they would have cared, but I was just like, this is just temporary, this, this is just something I'm doing um, as I transition back into, you know, American work life, because I'd spent like a year living in the rainforest not wearing shoes. Um, so ready to blog was very much an accident, it was the perfect storm of my skills and interests, and I guess the point at which it really solidified like oh this is what I'm gonna be doing um was when gosh this is like a really hard answer because it kind of came in a, a few different points but when I kind of realized that my my skills and my talents were much better applied to helping people individually rather than working for a big company on behalf of big companies, so I really did enjoy the one-on-one. -on -one. I really do enjoy making a difference that I can really see, and you know, it's something that's tangible. So, um, at the point that I realized, hey, I'm pretty good at this, <laughs> I took the steps to make things more official. That's super awesome. I think that's kind of how most people yeah, fall into things yeah, a little I bit. I definitely think a lot of people. Sometimes it just happens organically, and I think sometimes that's when it's the best fit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, yeah, it, I mean, sometimes, you know, people will approach me and they have to, to build a site and they have like this whole like five year plan and I'm just like, that is not how <laughs> I came at this game. I'm in awe of the foresight because like I said, I, I, I kind of fell into it and I'm very grateful for that. But um, I, I definitely took a little bit of a bumpier road to get there. Hey, same, <laughs> same. Um, so you had kind of an amazing job that could possibly have been your dream job at the time and you kind of left it for something different. So what were some of the challenges that you faced when you left your job? Um, so when I when I graduated from college, I pretty much landed my dream job and, and I flamed out. So my biggest challenge was like trying to figure out, am I good enough? You know, I'd spent so long working towards that goal um, and kind of being this obnoxious overachiever in every facet of my life um, and only to reach adulthood and be smacked in the face with the cold reality that I'm not like God's gift. So there's a lot <laughs> You're of- You're not? What? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> there's, um, it was really hard because it wasn't just, oh, maybe this cold career didn't work out for me so much of my identity had been wrapped up in my achievements so the biggest thing and something I still I guess struggle with is remembering that one you kind of have to silo these things off um I'm not out there saving people's lives so this is not my identity and it makes things a lot easier when you realize that like you can put things down and you can walk away and, and a bad day at work doesn't make you a bad person so 
the untangling what I'd always thought of as success and how that relates to to you know whether you are worthy or not was one of my biggest challenges. Yeah, I definitely can identify with that because there's a lot of times I feel like I've wrapped my identity up in what I do and it can be really hard to separate um, yourself from that. I think especially when you own a small business, but you know, I think when you've gone to a great school, put a lot of time and effort into it and you get a job and you're like, well, this is the only, like, this is the only option. I think a lot of people think that, I think our generation is probably one of the first that is kind of switching things up and saying like, okay, even though I planned for this, like... I'm going to take, you know, plan B now or plan C or plan D. Yep. Um, but I think that it, we're kind of the first to really start doing that. Yeah. And we all kind of started out, I feel like, in the traditional route. Like, all of us yeah, knew, yeah. like, in high school, we wanted to go to college. Like, I, to I definitely friend. thought I wanted to be a psychologist. I put a lot of time and effort into that. And it was like, psych, that's not what you're going to do at all. <laughs> um, I actually got an internship and, and realized it was, like, not for me at all. Yeah, I mean, it can definitely feel like a conveyor belt, and it's yes. something that I've realized um, between, you know, coming from, you know, advertising in America to living in Australia, living in New Zealand, and now living in um, the UK, so something I've learned from the Commonwealth countries is there's just a whole different way of looking at career and and everything here, and whereas in the States, I feel like it's very easy to, to, you know, do elementary school, middle school, high school, college, career, die. It's, <laughs> yeah, that's... You have more options. Like, you can get off at certain points and figure things out. And I think it's a very healthy outlook. Um, and I think it gives people a lot more flexibility and the opportunity to not feel like it's the end of the world if something doesn't work out. Um, you know, if you go to college and you have a hard time of it, it that can feel like a huge disaster whereas here it's like not it's not required that everyone goes to college and I think once you kind of open up the spectrum of what is acceptable and okay and can lead to success it it, the scales kind of fall from your eyes and you realize you don't have to live like that (laughs) and I think it's important to mention to our listeners and you're probably gonna like kick me for this later but you went to Harvard so if you who is a Harvard graduate is saying like not everyone needs to go to college I think that that's something our listeners need to take to heart just want to point that out so yes, I'm gonna kick you for that later. <laughs> you know what I feel like I, I feel like point. I heard her like her switch. This is the switch that I hear that like went on, and she was like, "Oh no, she did." Yeah, I, I was gonna have to do it at some point. I knew you were not gonna like it, and I didn't write it in the show notes, so I do apologize for that because we do. She's you know, not apologizing. We know I am. That. She's like, I'm sorry, but not really because they needed to know. Yeah, I feel like, but you know, I feel like a lot of people say that, but I do feel like it's different when you've had that experience. Experience. It's it's different coming from someone who's had that experience, you know. Yeah, I mean, look, like I I will absolutely encourage my kids to go to college. Um, and my parents were not. I mean, my sister went to MIT. I went to Harvard. My my parents were not crazy people. Like they didn't tie to the kitchen table and make us do our homework or anything. Um, so you know, I already kind of grew up with a health, healthy skepticism of of what options were. But um, I think now, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, I think now, especially, you know, I'm married to a Brett and the way the education system here works is so different. Um, I think even more than previously, I think it's okay that not everyone has to fit into a cookie cutter, you know, trajectory of, of success. I think it's quite damaging to insist that people do exactly the same things along the same lines, according to the same terms. And I think education is important. It's the greatest gift I've ever gotten, but 
education looks different for everyone, I think. I agree. I love that quote. Education looks, looks different, different for, for everyone. everyone. That's definitely super true. Of our quotables. Yep. So <laughs> you've known that you wanted to go into advertising and design uh, quite like for a long time. We talked about that. I think you were about 12 when you kind of started getting that idea in your mind. Um, and obviously it went, you went about it differently than you originally planned. But um, what I want to know is if you were going to have any other career, what would it be? I'm going to sound like such a jerk. Um, <laughs> I pretty much wanted to be Olivia Pope before there was an Olivia Pope. Yes. <laughs> you would be a great Olivia Pope. Yeah, I like, really look would. at your face. It's you Olivia really Pope. Would. I think that that would be a good job for you. I'd be an amazing Olivia Pope. Um, <laughs> and I still kind of harbor some, like, some some thoughts about maybe going more into consulting and strategy on a on a bigger scale but yeah i think that's i think that plus the coats and the wine cardio yes. I was like, if there's any excuse to get you in a white suit yes thank you <laughs> yes i completely agree man so I'm, like i want to be like first or second season olivia pope though to be clear because the last few seasons it's oh, like she's having a rough it. time so yeah <laughs> yeah Gotten fits out of my system by season two, yes. and then like moved on and been happy with Scott Foley. Yes, exactly. Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, don't talk about it. We're all hurting. Uh, so you have lived in a lot of different countries. So is there any one country that's been your favorite thus far? And as having a creative community and having clients, have there been any any advantages? being a business owner and being in one country over another country. I know that's a lot of questions, so <laughs> take your time. <laughs> Um, so I have to say that New Zealand will, will would be my favorite country, um, and that's just because I feel like I really found myself there. I met my husband there. It's gorgeous. I mean, it's more cheap than people, but it's just it's absolutely stunning. The people are amazing, um, and I really, really, really just got the most out of my time there. Um, as far as creative communities, I'm a hermit, so like. Uh, I sometimes I have to remember to leave the house. I left today to go get as, as an excuse because I think it's been three days. So um, I really engage in create, creative communities online more so than I than I did in person in places like Australia and New Zealand. But I have found, especially in the last year here in Bristol, um, there's a fantastic creative community here. You got photographers, designers, other business owners, all the pubs and restaurants are cute and independent and it's just it's ridiculous. Um, so I'd say as far as far as creative communities go, Bristol's Bristol's my favorite by far. Man, yeah, it makes so me jealous. so happy because yeah. I really I was just like picturing that right? we're so it and it's like in our like cookie cutter like place where there's yeah. like no independent businesses or anything. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, yeah. Man. But New Zealand's definitely on my list of like places that I want to go to. So I'm kind of glad that you said it's kind of amazing because that yeah. makes me very happy. I will take that long plane ride just for that. It's beautiful. I mean, the air is clean. Like, it's just great. Oh, it's man. absolutely great. That's all I want. <laughs> so you currently live in uh, Bristol, England. And you are an American, and a lot of people have questions about like dealing with taxes and such while being an American business owner and living overseas. Do you have any insight on what that process situation is like? Yeah, so as an American citizen, um, we're one of the few countries that the IRS will like follow you until you die. So you are liable for U.S. taxes no matter where you live. Um, so it does it does complicate things a bit. 
And the best advice that I have is don't try to be a hero. Like, I'm happy with doing my U.S. taxes on my own and everything. But the second I moved, I pretty much realized that I needed help in order to make sure things are structured properly um, and that I'm not, like, running afoul of anyone, be they U.K. or U.S. authorities. So um, hire someone. I, I think that maybe after you have, like, a few years under your belt and you feel really comfortable um, that might be an opportunity at that point to take things into your own hands. But especially if you're de- dealing with visa considerations and you're living in another country, you don't want to mess around with the documentation. Um, you don't want to run afoul of anything because like of a missed piece of paper or a missed signature. So it's always nice to have an extra set of eyeballs on things that are really important like that. So, so yeah. Yeah, and I personally, like, just piggybacking yeah. off of that, I just feel like even if you live just in the U.S. I was going to say, right now, country, still, like, like my regular taxes, I'm I, like, Yeah, Bye. I'm like, I'm not doing that. My grandfather used to do my taxes, actually, until he died, but he also, like, worked Yeah, I was going to say, like, when you're in Martin old Marietta school, I, right. And all of those places, and basically just, like, I don't know, like built computers from scratch back in like whenever. So that's different. But me, I'm like, no, it's it's not happening. I always have somebody to look it over because you just never know. And I think that when people make that transition from, you know, having taxes as a regular person and then having taxes as a business owner, it's it's a big shift. So well, yeah, and and so I want to say something on that because my dad actually did my taxes for forever, which, yeah. which was a nice thing, but I also think it did me a big disservice. Um, financial literacy is so important. So I don't want to say like I abdicate responsibility because I engage someone to do this for me. I like I do both, you know. Yeah, like, I want to know what's going on. Like you understand the process, on. but you also trust a professional to make sure that you don't miss out on anything. Exactly. Yeah, because that's I, like all the time when I bring my stuff to my tax lady, like I always think I'm like, I think I got it this year. I think I have everything perfect. And there's always something off. But I'm like, <laughs> that's why I pay her to do it. And, but I, I feel like I understand enough. And then whatever it is that I messed up, she's like, this is what you do. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, but I do love what you said about financial literacy being so important because I think a lot of times people don't understand why celebrities end up in the situations they end yes, up with their taxes absolutely. and it's because they don't understand how taxes Wesley work. Snipes. Uh, like several of them, almost yeah. all of them um, end up, you know, just hiring accountants because they're making all this money and they don't understand the process. I really do think, like A lot you of said, them don't even know that they need to pay taxes. Yeah. It's like mind-blowing. Like what did you think was gonna... That's yeah. Our, that's our education system. Truth. Yes. <laughs> Truth. I, you know what? To be honest, I can't remember... Learning no, about they never talk about school, taxes like, other than that we threw tea in the harbor. Like, yeah, that's, that's I, the last time we talk about taxes. <laughs> yeah. So these are the things they should be teaching in home ag instead of like how to sew a furry pillow or whatever. Preach. <laughs> yeah, we, we, in home ec, we made a pillow and we made brownies. Yeah, I feel like you should be able to make a pillow, make brownies, and also do your taxes. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, get yeah. you a girl that can do both. <laughs> like, Absolutely. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> So uh, social media is basically how running a service-based business online hap- like works in 2017. Uh, what is your favorite social media platform? I hate them all. Um, <laughs> I love you. I love you so much. <laughs> You're my favorite human. Upgrade. <laughs> I hate so them great. all. Like, to be honest, and, I, and don't get me wrong, I use everything. Um, Facebook, I'm pretty... Like you can't friend me unless we're friends or we're friends with someone in common. I don't use that really um, to engage with people I don't know. Um, Twitter, I I 
since the election, I've just taken to lurking. Like, I'm afraid to jump in. And... <laughs> I love you. <laughs> um, so I guess I guess Instagram is the one that I'm I'm most active on. Don't look at my current feed right now because I've fallen off the radar for the last month. But um, yeah, Instagram is the one I'm most invested in because I love photography. It's you know it's it's a small part of my business, looking to become a bigger part, and um, it's just such a beautiful and interactive platform. However all of these platforms you can lose yourself in them and I think it's so important to have a sense of self outside of the internet Um, and that's even harder when you run a service-based business a digital business where you really have to be engaged on these platforms in a meaningful way so that you don't like fall into the oblivion of of has-beens but like it is just for me, it's a constant, like, what am I sharing? Am I oversharing? Am I sharing enough? And it's it's a lot of stress, especially for someone who's private, you know? Um, every once in a while, I meet someone, they'll ask me what I'll do, and I'll explain, and, you know, they'll ask me questions about Instagram or stuff and stuff. And, and if I ever mention that I'm an introvert, or if I ever mention, you know, how private I am, they look at me aghast. And I'm just like, well, you know, I don't, I'm not going to be on Instagram in my bikini doing all these things. Yeah. I'm not like, like, you know, if I'm lucky enough to have children, Instagram's going to find out when the kid's 18 and <laughs> it's not bad that people do those things, but it's for me introduces a whole level of anxiety and, and, and FOMO in some ways. And it's just, I, I kind of have to keep a healthy distance from it um, in terms of how important it is to my business and how important it is to me personally. You're just, you're saying all the things that I I do. (laughs) Definitely identifies with that because, you know, she has a daughter and like, she doesn't like, I've like, you won't see a picture of her face on Instagram. Like you'll occasionally see like her from behind maybe with a scene in front of her. But, and that was, you know, her name. I don't share it on the internet. Absolutely not. Like we never use her name. We always call her your daughter. And, you know, I think it was really great for me to kind of like see that and experience that not having children yet. Um, and, you know, when she was born, like the first time I was like, oh, I'm gonna take a picture. You're like, take that picture. But that stays in your phone for you. <laughs> like you don't share pictures of her. And, I, and, and it's I think I like that. Like if it if you like, like you said, it it, um, it can add a certain level of anxiety. So I feel like if that's something that someone's concerned about, like you don't have to share right. everything. And I also think that people need to learn that if you are an introvert, which I am, I didn't realize at first when social media first came around that um that it takes like a certain amount of my energy like I wasn't because I'm not with anybody in person and because I'm not like talking on the phone to someone I was like oh well I'll just post and it'll be fine and then I realized like man socially like I'm getting exhausted so much faster I'm burning out I feel like I need more time alone and it was because like I felt like I was sharing a lot of myself and you'll notice like on Instagram I don't really show a lot of photos of me like I'll show photos of like where I've traveled and stuff like that that? but I don't really (laughs) share like a lot of like photos like I will every once in a while but it's just few and far in between because I just I don't like yeah it's just a personal preference yeah it's just it's it takes a lot more of my energy to post a photo of myself like it's like just eating up like my introvert energy than it does to take like to post one of somewhere else like it's like I can do that and I don't feel as if like my energy is depleted so and, you know, aside from, like, the privacy issues, and I don't mean to criticize parents who have their kids on the internet because I think that people should raise their kids how they want. Um, but aside from the privacy issues, there, it's also just a bit, and I don't mean to rant about this, but there's something deeply uncomfortable for me about people um, creating an, a, a, an opinion or 
a persona. Sorry. It's like a persona for their child before their child has an option. That's a separate rant, but the one is is based on what you share, people then telling you who you are. Yes. Yes. You know, so I I had to educate a friend of mine because she she was a little mad at me because she thought I was, you know, ignoring her and all of this stuff and and then to be like, just because you see a picture of a city does not mean I'm in it. Yeah. Right. You know, like, so I think that I've run into this a few times about people telling me what I can afford and telling me who I am and telling me my parents must be this based on my Instagram that, you know, you're welcome to ask me questions. I'm welcome to answer them if I want to. But it's the Internet. You know, I'm giving you a very curated idea of what my life is like, but I think it's a m- mistake to look at anyone's Instagram feed and think you think you know that. Yeah. I think you have a handle on what the totality of their life looks like. Oh man, that's like my life rant. Yeah. <laughs> I like you don't understand because it's such a problem in society, and because we um, I locally do a lot of things with community building and in different situations, and we found that it's been very, very difficult with social media and a lot of people feeling like FOMA, like we talked about, and people feeling like they get left out of things because they see so-and-so and so-and-so is hanging out and we're not really, like I've had like 40-year-old women crying in my face talking about they don't get to hang out with this person. They thought they were friends because they went to the restaurant. It's just crazy how social media has changed the landscape of the way people think about other people. Like they really do form opinions 150% about what people post on social media. And I'm like, I don't like, it's not real. Like you guys, it's not real. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. Especially I think when you're a business owner, it's, or, it's or definitely a hundred very not real. Like it's yeah. definitely fake. Mine is very curated. I don't think that people normally see photos of like my day to day ever. Like occasionally I'll do stories, but again, it's like you're still probably not gonna see my yeah. face most of the time. Yeah. And like when I'm taking a story, like I just did one right now, and I was sure to show like the wall and the computer, but like not the desk. She wants to see the junk. <laughs> if they want to see the Staples rewards card and the Google Fi paper and all the garbage in the push dust, you out like that. <laughs> I'm all right with that. But like, it, you know, people just need to understand that social media is very, very curated, especially for entrepreneurs. There's just a whole like I we could talk about it for years because there's so many yeah. things about my friends talking about getting harassed about, like you said, like financial things. Like people think for some reason when you own a business, you're already in a different tax bracket automatically. Yeah. And it's like, no, that tax bracket is just paying 40% of my taxes. <laughs> like, I'm <Yeah>. not, <laughs> I am not wealthy at all right now. You know what I mean? So, ugh. So, speaking of all of that, you are <laughs> planning to have a lot of growth coming up. You're going to um, take on some more employees and stuff in the future. Um, so, as a business owner, what do you look for an employee? Like, when you're going into that hiring process, uh, what is it that you're going to be looking for? I'm really going to be looking for people that I can learn from, to be honest. Um, like I mentioned, Ooh, I like I'm, I'm a hermit, you know, and I, I I love my friends and my family and everything, but I tend to be quite insular. Um, and I'm, um, it's, it's the same pr- um, principle behind diversity hiring, really. Like, you want to be around people that are different than you, that can approach problems differently to the way you might approach problems. Um, I heard this really great analogy the other day, basically. I don't know where you guys are from in the States. Chris, I know where you're from, but... Um, she's so, she's right here with me. We, like, live in the same neighborhood. Okay, so yeah. the girls from, South, from Florida. So, you know how we keep ketchup in the fridge, right? Yes. 
Okay, so apparently up north they don't, which I think is so what? weird. And like in England they don't. And I, I just, I'm flabbergasted. What? Back, but whatever. Yeah, so, they don't in, in some, like, because I'm from Atlanta actually originally, and a lot of, it's like split 50 50 on people who. So that's where the, the divide happens. Yeah, I feel like it just like goes up like maybe like eight hours up. People like stop because like my aunts, like some of them didn't put ketchup in the fridge and then some of them did. So if I was at their house, I had to remember like who prefers right. to put ketchup in the fridge versus who doesn't. But in Florida, I feel like your ketchup gets moldy if it's not in the fridge, right? Yeah, I don't know what happens to it. I've never even like, <laughs> thought that it's an option to not put it in the fridge. Why would you keep it anywhere else? Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> So, so basically, the, this analogy I'm saying, and, and remember, this is in in regards to diversity hiring, but I think it really applies to any you know situation. But you know, some people keep ketchup in the fridge, and some people keep it in the cupboard, which I'm not going to make any judgments on, but it's gross. So, <laughs> so, so basically, if you if you're making a sandwich and you run out of ketchup, the next thing you're going to reach for depends on where you keep the ketchup, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. So you keep your ketchup in the fridge, you might reach for mayonnaise, which is also gross. Um, don't at me. Um, but if you keep your ketchup in the cupboard, it might be a different condiment. So I don't want to only hang out with people who keep their ketchup in the fridge. Ah, right. Yes. That's awesome. I, I did not come up with this analogy. I'll have to find out where I heard it. It was amazing. I think it's um, a former black engineer at Twitter that actually I heard it on a podcast. But it just that was such a light bulb moment for me. And you know, my husband is so different to me than me. My sister is so different. My friends are so different. And if, and if in my personal life, I surround myself with these vibrant three-dimensional people that have so much to offer, I don't see any reason why in hiring my approach should be any different. Yeah, that's, I, I love that point because I do think that in surrounding myself with people, that is the philosophy like that I go for. Right. But I, I mean, I don't think that I would have thought to do that when hiring, but it, now that you've pointed it out, it makes a hundred percent, like it just makes so much sense. Definitely. I don't think um, as a company you can grow being surrounded by people who are exactly like you. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you're not. Yeah. As, as an entrepreneur, I feel like there's also some type of um, fault because we sometimes don't want to admit that we have a lot to learn from other people, especially people who we hire. Um, but mm -hmm. we specifically seek out contractors nine times out of ten who are way more advanced we, than we are because we have no idea <laughs> nine times out of ten what we're doing in certain things. And we try to get people who have more uh, education, especially developers and programmers we try to find people who actually did go to school versus some who are self-taught because they tend to have a more technical approach from things and that's not the approach we always take we're self-taught so we kind of go in like you know like the the people who the plumbers almost to go fix <laughs> yeah. a website versus these people who went to you know trade school and got all this education so i definitely agree with that in terms of you know just finding people who have things to teach you um so uh there is so like i am curating my instagram right now in terms of feed to follow people who are inspiring me and there are different so many different brands and influencers to be inspired by so who are some people that you're following that you feel inspired by right now um, this might make me unpopular, but I'm, I, I try, like I said, in terms of protecting myself online, that goes both ways in terms of input and output. Um, I really like, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to name, I don't know if I should name names or not, but like, I'm not following like the every girl for inspiration. Oh no, ever, <laughs> not ever. <laughs> um, so I tend to like, I really like following like authors or people mm -hmm. that are doing something that might not be, you know, even tangentially related to what I do, but are just 
amazing at what they do. Um, I really, really, really love, and I've you know spoken to her personally. She's an amazing person. Um, Karen Waldron from Jukalumps. I've actually never said her blog name out loud, so I don't want to butcher that. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but she's just like an absolutely beautiful spirit. She's a, she is a photographer. Um, I'm a motivational speaker. She's done a lot of work with absolutely amazing people. Um, she is she's smart and she's passionate and she's woke and and you know I love I don't necessarily follow her feed for the visuals though they are beautiful but more like the overall message and the overall spirit of what she's doing um and then I guess on the other end of the spectrum I think it's Brittany Packnett. Um, so she is doing, she's done a lot of things. She's one of the founders or co-founders of Campaign Zero. Um, she is currently doing Pod Save the People with Duran McKesson. Um, she's just another person that, she does something completely different than what I do, but the way in which she does it is inspiring. Um, and those are the kind of people that I seek out. It doesn't have to look like my life or my experience, but it just it has to kind of, you know, dig at something in you that makes you want to be better. Yeah, my favorite people to follow are definitely people yeah. that don't do what I do and just kind of have a completely different worldview because I, I feel like, you know, especially because nowadays it's like we follow so many people, there's so much, like we're consuming so much information and, and knowledge on the internet. And so I'm like, I really want to make sure that number one, everyone I follow is like someone I want to follow. I don't really do the whole like, you follow me, no, I'll follow you. It's like, I feel like I, I understand where people are coming from that, but at the same time, I'm like, I try to keep my like follower count a little bit low so I can actually see and interact with everyone. Cause after it gets mm -hmm. over a certain amount, I don't understand You're how like, people right. are seeing everyone. Like, I mean, especially with and algorithms point, I and I just go to the explore page and look at the hair videos, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I... <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I, I do, I think it's important to follow something, like people that are going to have different, you know, views on, on the world than you are. And of course I love to follow like, people that travel and go to places I've never been because that's yeah yeah that's that's my life is just like where is my next trip going to be and how am I going to afford it <laughs> <laughs> so I know that you have some upcoming plans and projects in the works uh, I know some of them are a little top secret but I'm wondering <laughs> if there's any that you can tell us about uh, and tell us where to go to look out for them um, yeah, I guess it's, I guess in terms of you know my design work, I focused a lot um, again since the election on working with communities and groups that may be disadvantaged or underserved. Um, I just finished up a site for the Asylum Seekers Advocacy Project, um, and so I think in terms of you know things that listeners can look out for or potentially reach out for, uh, if you are you know a member of one of these groups or want to see work from these groups. Um, those are the big things that I'm really focusing on in 2017 in terms of amplifying those voices. Um, as for secret projects, I'm applying to an accelerator in the fall. So um, lots of exciting things will happen, but they're still very much amorphous at the moment and kind of finding a shape and a, and a voice. But I will be, I will definitely be more engaged in the community aspect of things. I'm going to kind of get out of my hermit ways and actually leave the house and yes, <laughs> yes. meet people in person and fill things in person. Um, so the best way to kind of look after that be via my Instagram because like I said earlier, that's the platform that I hate the least. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> Well, Bobby, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk to us. We really appreciate it. I feel like we learned so much. We both have covered our papers and tons we of notes. We have notes. notes. So. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you.
Thank you guys so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Um, it's it's always so nice to talk to you, and and it's it's really cool that you guys gave me this opportunity. Yeah, Thank it's you. awesome. Thank you.